It's time for Done Being Single with your hosts, Trevor and Robbie Scharf. If you're dating the same type over and over again, making the same mistakes and not finding love, then you're not done being single. What you need is some tough love dating intervention, Trevor and Robbie style. Whether you're new to dating or have been dating forever, we've got you covered. Now, here are your hosts, Trevor and Robbie Sharp. Welcome to Done Being Single. Welcome to Done Being Single. The greatest dating advice show maybe ever. In the I'm history not... of Robin's Drive. At least on our block. Yes. We think uh, so. I love this show. Can I just say it? I, I do. I love this show. I love this show. I love... I, and I, I'll tell you why I love this show. I love what it has exposed us to and introduced us to. It has been so horizon broadening. Horizon broadening. <laughs> It, it really, in, in the research and in the uh, formulation of our episodes and coming up with uh, interesting shows and finding talent, it has opened me up to so, and both of us, mm-hmm. to uh, so much great content and people and experts and interesting self-improvement, personal growth and development topics. Yes, to the point where... We really don't have to have to hire a therapist. This has become therapy for us, hasn't it? I know we should really pay them. Shh! Don't tell them that. That's not right. We'll never get it, it, This again. is no exception today. This is, this is really no exception because no, no, no. this, this is... speaks to, it, to me. This this show has really uh, turned me on to some very interesting things and people and ideas. And today we're going to talk about one, which is called attachment theory well, or attachment style. Have you ever heard of it? I'm going to say no. Okay, let me tell you about attachment theory. It is the foundation of how we relate to one another, especially in intimate, close relationships, from our initial experiences as infants and children to adults. So, in other words, the early experiences shaped by our parents creates our current current patterns relating to people. Are you in trouble? This is what I'm saying. This wow. episode is all about me. But... Uh, uh, not about you all right but it really is so based on well it's not it's based on every it's for everybody because everybody has an attachment style everybody does including you and let me ask you some questions Uh, robbie shawl what's your last name (laughs) it's your last name too okay what is does this sound like you the first attachment pattern or style is secure so let me just ask you a few things it's Mm. are you easy is it easy for you to get close to others yes do you not tend to fear the other person abandoning you? Do I tend do you, to do not? Do you not fear, do you have a fear, or you don't have a fear of someone abandoning you? I do not have that fear. You're comfortable with intimacy, consistency, proximity, and developing deep connections. Yes, Would yes, you say maybe, that's no, you? yes. <laughs> Would you say you are able to consistently use direct communication and not shy away from authenticity or vulnerability? Always. Okay, so let me ask you another, some other questions, because this also may, be apply, may apply to you. The second attachment style is called anxious. So the first one is secure. There's three. There's three, okay? Second one is anxious, all right? Uh, you feel others aren't as willing to get as close to you as you would like them to. True or false? False. True or false? You worry that the other doesn't love or have the commitment level you do. Oh. Uh- false 
you tend to get so close that it scares others away. False. Okay. Third pattern or style is avoidant. And I don't think this is you or me, although I will say that I tend to be, I think I have, I'm, I'm anxious. I have an anxious uh, attachment style. And the more we talk about this, I think this is going to become, abund- if it's not already abundantly clear to you, it will be by the end of this episode. So the third attachment style is called avoidant. And that means when you're uncomfortable with too much proximity, closeness, or connection, or you find it difficult to let your guard down and trust others completely, you shy away from depending on others and feel skeptical if others seem to be depending on you too much. Why are you looking at me that way? Um, is there a question there? No, I'm just saying, I'm, I'm, telling, I'm, I'm describing the different styles. I sense that in others more than I sense that in myself. Can you see a little of yourself in all of these different in these three different styles? I probably can. I can, for sure. Oh, really? Yeah, I do. Okay. I think for the most part, you are secure, and I think I'm secure, but I definitely see moments of anxious attachment style, even sometimes avoidant. In who? Me. Okay. So, and this is one one of the things I want to talk about, because you and I have an interesting story, because we were single for so long, and it took us a long time to get married. What does that mean? Didn't take me that long. Just, just 150 years. <laughs> if you look at it that way, in no. dog years. After we met, you know, six months into it, we were engaged. Yes, I mean, once we got once we there, met each other. It took a little while. Once to meet we got you. to the starting gates, yes. you know, then we were, you know, we were on our way. Mm-hmm. But can you see how interesting this is? Can you see how this can be an incredible tool for people? Yes. Once you find out your attachment style, how this can help you. I'm Uh, fascinated by it and want to know how somebody that is aware of this can apply this to dating and meeting somebody. Yes. Because you can't expect others to be aware of the attachment styles that you are being enlightened to now. So this is why. Right. It's like a key that's going to unlock your potential to uh, love, to have lasting love, and other uh, enjoy other healthy relationships, not just you know, not just romantic. Very but, important. And and what about your relationships at work? Yes. I mean, this is like, an just a fantastic, I don't know, piece of Shazam. advice. Yeah, it's Shazam. Yeah, it is. I epiphany time. I this is why, and everybody has a love style. Everyone loves differently. And our guest, who we will be bringing on after the break, will go into much more detail about secure, anxious, and avoidance. Secure, which leads to long-lasting, fully embodied love. Anxious is when a person creates drama from the fear that the relationship is always in jeopardy. And avoidance, which causes a person to find ways not to fully commit or become deeply intimate. Okay, so we know that you have issues with anxiety yes anxiousness and it's not about us it's about it's other what things I, this right what life. i brought to this and you still wake up with sweats in the middle of the night and you get okay anxious let's you know really i mean do we have to, full disclosure here uh, uh, okay i mean that's menopause that's just that's is that what that is well what happens is you know the hormones don't fucking help well 
Okay, it's all one. It's all, you know, mind-body connection. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you know, anybody listening to this who is of that age can relate because it, it does tend to um, amplify or even trigger things that might have been dormant. It definitely heightens right. every little thing being menopausal. But the good news, good news, there is good news, people. All is not lost. Because with correct information and education, you are not stuck with the attachment style that you were born with. You can change it? Yes. And we are going to tell you how. Great. I can see. (laughs) (laughs) I'm excited. Oh, a wise dame, eh? I am a wise dame. You are. We know that. And we have a, a wise guy. We do. Who's very wise on the show today. Yeah, Dr. Gary Salyer. He's the man. He He's is. the dude. All right, well, this is going to be... He's going to break it down. We have a couple minutes. Let's bring him in. Okay, you know, let's why, do it. We don't have to wait. So, Dr. Gary Salyer, are you around? Because you want to introduce... Yes, I'm going to read Dr. Gary's bio because it's... it's... That might take us to the break. It could take us till tomorrow, but it's worth reading because this guy knows his stuff and he was, he's been there and this is why I love it so much and I love him. I don't even know him, but he's my new best friend. After Der- Gary, excuse me, after Dr. Gary Sawyer's first divorce, he vowed that his next marriage would be different. So when his second marriage crumbled almost a decade later for nearly the same reasons, he was devastated. He felt like an utter, complete failure. Oh, geez. I mean, who can't relate to that? Been there. But rather than give in, he was determined to find another way. He committed to not being that guy who bounced from marriage to marriage, never really learning anything. So he dedicated himself to doing the deep research about all things love. He read, researched, furthered his education in the field, talked to experts and to people he loved. Most of all, he did the deep transformation work that unlocked his heart and released his soul to love as he had always imagined. So... He, Dr. Gary, has developed a powerful and effective methodology to make it safe to love again for those who may have even given up hope. Now, this is all based on what we were just talking about, the field of study called attachment theory, which is the science of intimate relationships. Dr. Salyer's insights have a profound effect and oftentimes immediate impact. As a transformational relationship mentor, he helps people rewrite the rules for love in their brains. He empowers singles to reclaim their rights for a full soulmate relationship. The author of Safe to Love Again, How to Release the Pain of Past Relationships and Create the Love You Deserve, Dr. Salyer also offers experiential interactive programs through his Safe to Love Again TM workshop and Extraordinary Couples TM, Extraordinary Singles TM retreats. He is also a highly sought after guest on various podcasts, TV and radio shows such as The Aware Show on Hay House Radio and Coast to Coast AM. I told you, this and that's an the end of our program. No, so I we told would like you. to thank yeah, everybody for listening. How can you not introduce him without, well, without saying, introducing everything? Right. Okay. Dr. Dr. Gary, <laughs> are you Dr. there? Dr. Sawyer, are you there? <laughs> I, I am here. Welcome. I'm loving it. You guys have got great energy. Oh Welcome to the show. Thank you for that. Wow, that was quite a intro. I, you impressive. had to. Yes, I had right. to. It's just, it's you have to give the entire story and background. So you've been so, listening in. Dr. Gary, tell us everything. You have 30 seconds. <laughs> 
before a break. Tell us everything. Well, I did notice, you know, secure couples, you guys were talking about whether you're secure or anxious. Secure couples, we know, the lasting ones from research, turn towards each other's bids for attention and support 86% of the time. And you guys did better than that. So you guys are good. Oh, good. <laughs> we passed. Yeah. Yeah, that was great. Thank All you right. so much. That's very, very kind. So, okay. Oh, my God. Where do we even begin? Well, I've I'll tell you what. Questions. You know what? No. We're going to hold off the questions okay. because okay. it's okay. time okay. to go okay. to a break. And uh, But we got the intro out of the way, which is really great. And we got Dr. Gary in for a minute. Okay, fantastic. So uh, we are going to take our first break and come back with Dr. Gary Sellier. And we are back with Dr. Gary Sellier and Trevor and myself. So very interested to know, Gary, how did you discover attachment theory to begin with? And why did it resonate with you so much? I know why, I know why it resonates with me, but tell us... How did it all happen for you? Well, how it all happened was, you know, it really goes back to where my whole lifelong search was, right? Uh, It started when I was seven and noticed that, you know, I had a a family that had a lot of alcoholism. And I didn't understand why my aunts and uncles couldn't love each other, why there's so much divorce. And I said to myself at seven, I will never be divorced. You know how seven-year-olds are. Now, when I go to college, I'm, I'm literally the first person in seven generations graduating high school. <clears throat> I go to college, this is my holy grail, to make sure I have put down all the foundations that I will never be divorced. So I have a degree in psychology and a degree in religion, and I think I'm good to go, I've covered all the bases. And my senior in, in college, my favorite professor pulls me into his office, says, we want to do this, this, you know, this exam on you, this personality test. And a couple of days later, I walk into his office and he gives me all the results, tells me I've got a personality, a few things like that, wisecracking. And as I'm walking out, he says, oh, I forgot to tell you, you have a 90% chance of having a divorce. Wow. And you t- I mean, it was like an atomic bomb going off inside my head. Wow. Uh, and I literally delayed graduation so I could get another degree um, in marriage and family. Pronounced myself good to go. And then 12 years later, she says, I want a divorce. Oh my, my wife did. And I'm like, I, I don't get it. I, I, I did everything I could. So I recommit and I do more reading and I do more you know, workshops. And I do seven plus years of therapy this time. I mean, I'm going after it like, like, you know, like, like as much as I can. Pronounce myself good to go. Uh, and I spend basically about 10 years reconstructing, making sure every little thing is done. And I get remarried, and four years later, I'm looking at another divorce. And I, I don't get it. I really don't get it. I mean, I'm not the guy that didn't do therapy. I did everything. And then I began to realize I was either picking Ms. Wrong, and in one relationship, I after we broke up, there was I was shaving the next morning, and I said, there's only one person. Oh. That's oh, responsible. Hang on, Gary. We have a leaf blower. Hold on a second. Gary? Is that us? Oh, no. We have a leaf blower. No. Is that what? It's it's Can Tuesday it? and the gardeners are here. <laughs> oh, shit. The gardener is out back. Is that yours or ours? I think it's ours. This is ours. He, he shows up on Tuesdays. Nobody's oh, so does ours. We have stereo gardening. Oh, my God. Oh, yours are showed up and my showed up. Yes, this we, is confluence. That is oh really... That inc- is unbelievable. Talk about attachment theory. 
Yeah, and you know, the, the hallmark of attachment theory is can you respond versus react and can you flow with the punches and, and come up with a flexible, congruent response? Let's bring Jose in right now and talk to him. <laughs> Let's bring in the gardeners. And we're learning right now. They'll be gone in about one or two minutes, and we'll just have to. I love Mexican people. <laughs> well, oh, oh, my God. Where'd that come from? All right. So, uh, so, all right. I think uh, it subsided. So, okay. So, anyway, that was, you know, what it came down to. Uh, oh, no. He's back. He's back. <laughs> yes. This is confluence. That guy's right out back. Is that amazing? Both of <laughs> us. Is he really right outside your window, Gary? Yeah, yeah he is. That's crazy. And yeah. ours is right ours outside. Is in the front. Yeah, in the front. And okay, it's oh. this guy never picks a time other than a client or a podcast. He's got noses for it. Wow, <laughs> that is interesting. He knows. Okay. Okay. Uh, we, we have Come to on, go. The with show it. must we go on. To, Let's we do it. We have to go with it. Very funny. Yeah, we can. Yes. So, continue, please. So what I did is I looked at myself and I said, you showed up as Mr. Wrong. You showed up as a man that you swore you'd never show up as. You have higher ideals than this. And then I, as I reflected on it, I said, you know, therapy had done me a lot of good, but it did not change my core style of relating. And it had me managing my pain versus transforming me. And I said, if they can't crack the code, then I will. And the theory that really answers most of those questions for me was attachment theory. I wanted to know what was going on in the brains of everybody, you know, that had, you know, 25, 30 and 40 year marriage that I, my brain wasn't doing because I knew something was going on different. And I dedicated my life to tracking down what it is. I mean, you talk about anxious, secure and avoidant and attachment theory. Well, the real key is they, the attachment theory is great at giving you labels. And if you're anxious or avoidant, you might as well put in parenthesis, screwed. Mm -hmm. I'm screwed. Mm -hmm. The question is, how do you restore a secure style if earlier relationship experience, childhood experience, took away what I call some of those rights? How do you give it back? And so my book was all about saying, this is the road back to secure. Whether you lost it in the first two months or you lost it in your first or second marriage, I want to know how do you find the road back? And that's what Safe to Love Again does. It gives you a road map so you know your way back. So you don't have to say, wow, I'm anxious or I'm avoiding. This is about what does my brain need with a little help? What does it need to feel in particular so that it can respond in a secure way and therefore pick lasting partners, maintain lasting relationships. The heart and soul of my book is about the road back, the road back to secure. I love what you say about conventional therapy, helping you manage, mm-hmm. uh, but not necessarily uh, addressing or transforming what needed to be, or not doing the job that you needed it to do. And I, I just find that that's deep. Because I, I think I think you're I think you're right, and I think that this is why I love this journey that Robbie and I've been on with this show. Because if it, it has, I, I've just been um, exposed to this to so much stuff that has unlocked stuff things in me that I didn't know. You know, I've been managing, I've been 
coping. I'm, I, I'm a pretty aware person, would you say? Mm. Uh, I'm aware of my shit. You know, mm. I know what it is. I know where it comes from, but I can do better. Exactly. And the funny thing is, is your brain's already doing something. Whatever your brain is doing that maybe isn't as optimal for relationships now, and this is one of the points, is that in the book, that at one time, though, it was the best deal available. So your brain is always taking the best deal available. So we can stop making ourselves wrong. <clears throat> and when we stop making ourselves wrong, then we'll maybe we'll feel a little bit more worthy. And this is how it rolls. When I was three and four, you know, uh, with an alcoholic family, and in the book I talk about a, a little toddler and a little child is given a right to separate and belong. Not one or the other, that you need both. I get to be a me in a weed that's supportive, empowering, and attuning. Well, you're not going to find a lot of empowerment or support uh, in an alcoholic family in which my mother was also physically violent. The best deal is to separate and screw the we and do it by yourself. Pull yourself up and make sure you're, you're away. Make sure you don't get too close. That became the template for love. Now, that was the best deal available unless you wanted to get, you know, hit or, you know, or you just totally ignored. So you might as well just do it by yourself. Now, when I get married, I don't know that my brain is still running that old security, that old template. I'd have more right to separate than to belong. And I don't understand why, as much as I love my first wife, she complains that I, I, I'm in my head or I'm just not available and she doesn't feel loved because my brain was running an old best deal. Now, my work is all about how do you allow that brain to feel cherished and protected enough in a we, so that if that is the missing template, and there's there's six of them in a relationship, it might not be other viewers, that that person has a right to be in a we. When they can be in a we, then they can belong. And then the other person is given great connection, attunement, and then lasting happens. This is the key. And you've got to basically go in and find the original security memo. And it's usually not given an expiration date because that part of the brain doesn't run time. And you have to give it an expiration date. And then you give the brain the option for a better deal and it always takes it. And now you can restore that old missing right so that it runs a more lasting template. And now you've got, you're on your way back to secure versus anxious or avoidant. Wow. It runs like that. That's, uh, yeah. That is really deep and heavy. And Trev and I are looking at each other because we can call from that in many aspects of Trev's upbringing, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I was an only child. But, so I. Uh, the role models of. I didn't have great role models. Love mentoring was not present. Yeah. Mm. I didn't mm. exactly see healthy love growing. It, it, it wasn't horrible. You know, it wasn't. It was, I just didn't see it. You know, my parents were, my dad was out of the house when I was seven, eight. And, and divorced uh, it right You know, they divorced and my mom didn't really have any, didn't, you know, go on to love anybody else after that. Uh, so, uh, we're going to go to break in a minute, but uh, a, a, a question I have is your upbringing was so difficult, uh, Gary, in that, uh, an abusive mother, you said alcoholic father? 
My father was, well, I had to find out who he was when I was 17 and 35. So I don't have a father, but my mother was alcoholic and she was abusive. And for me, I don't run any victim anymore about that. Mm -hmm. I believe my soul signed up for those experiences so I could ask the questions and write the book and to do my work. In the, that I needed that contrast to be able to have the message I have today. So I'm not saying I wanted to go back and do that again if I were three or four, but looking back, it's uh, everything I needed to do what I'm doing now. Okay, well, we're going to uh, go to a break and pick up right where we are leaving off right now, and which is um, pretty heavy stuff. So we will be right back. And we are back with Dr. Gary Salyer. Gary, so the relationship you had with your mother obviously had some... Let me start that again. Your first marriage, you said, ended after 12 years. Were there elements of that were from your upbringing with your mother and how do I want to phrase this? I think you're saying, I think what you're trying to say is did thing, did uh, repeated patterns was the, did the relationship you had with your mother, did it repeat itself in your marriage? Did you see connections? Did you, were you able to um, connect dots? I think, right? Oh yeah. Oh, oh, absolutely. And you know, I talk about that in the book too. So let's, let's like, like for instance, what did I do in college? I went and I did more studying. Now, not, you know, so if I can just think this thing through, it's going to heal versus feel. Okay. So way long time ago, you know, when I was first born, my mom was expecting a girl and uh, it didn't turn out that way. And she was so disappointed that she didn't name me for three weeks. The state of Ohio sent uh, some nice people with nice little brown hats to the door and said, ma'am, you got to name the child. She refused. And they said, well, you either name him here on the spot or we'll take you to some place where you'll have lots of time to think about it. And my aunt really named me after Gary Cooper and Dean Martin. So the typical way a brain responds to not feeling welcome with joy, and that's the first feeling that we almost feel to feel securely attached, welcome with joy, was to pull away. And the typical pattern is if do you want to be where there's no really good warm feelings? Best to turn down your feelings. Let's. And so the pattern is I'll live in my head. I'll, it's called a missing right to exist. I will either get spiritual or I'll get really, really intellectual. Thus, a degree in both wow. psychology and spirituality. And I try to think my way through this because that's been my adaptation. Better to think than to feel in a relationship where all you get is bad feelings. And I could not understand. Now, the heart and soul of attuning is, you know, and I teach it to my couples all the time, especially men will want to say, well, you know, honey, what do you think I should do about that? And all she really needs is, oh, you must be feeling lonely or that must feel horrible. Tell me more about how you're upset. So no wonder we need feelings. We have to tune feeling wise. And it was the one thing, the very remedy that I was given. Uh, and uh, with more studies and to a great extent in therapy with cognitive behavior therapy being the big thing where you was to give me more of what I didn't need. Mm -hmm. I needed more mm -hmm. based in feelings. So this is why it's not an accident. I talk about the four feelings your brain needs because it's attachment, it's feelings. We it's yes, there's some thought process involved. But it's restoring these four feelings that every secure brain was given and they give in relationship. That being welcomed with joy, worthy and nourished to have your needs met, cherished and protected and empowered with choice. If you're given those four feelings, usually between zero and three, 
sometimes later, uh, then you opt and you feel good about being in a relationship. Now, if you were given unworthy or unwelcomed or uncherished uh, or uh, disempowered, then your brain will opt for anxious or avoidant. And the key is to find out what feelings your system was given. And these become reference feelings for picking. So, you know, and choosing and maintaining and to swap them out for the good feelings of welcome, worthy, cherished, and empowered. Because the bug in the program is if you're given the feeling of worthy, worthy of your needs, you use that of a reverence to pick people and to create a relationship and maintain it. The bug is if you're given the feeling of unworthy, that becomes your brain's reference feeling. And then your brain uses that feeling to say, who matches up? Oh, I'll find someone that makes me feel unworthy. Oh, and you'll do things or put up with things in a relationship that make you feel unworthy. The same would be for disempowered or unwelcomed. We are, oh, and so the patterns that repaint, we, our brain finds a way to have the same feelings it had earlier because that is equated with survival. Mm -hmm. And the key is to train your brain and to give it the right, right to feel these four core feelings. And then you're good to go. Okay, so how do we train our brain this way? Okay. Now, I believe, you know, I talk about, I have some exercises, beginning level exercises in the book, you know, training your brain to see the possibilities mostly. But it takes some deep work. There's deep work that I do one-on-one -on -one where you literally, and I, I can't really explain all the, the techniques behind it, Right, because it took a it took a, quite a few years to develop, but uh, it's about going back and find finding with someone who knows this how to reset. That's called reimprinting. Not not every therapist does this, obviously, and I've got my own system for doing that. Uh, but it's finding the exact moment the little one's brain made the decision to take some right off the menu that it was the best deal available, right? and to give and to find out what flavor of safety that little one was seeking and then to give back that safety around that feeling. So it's safe to feel welcomed, safe to feel worthy to reach out to your needs, safe to feel cherished and protected so you can be in a we, safe to feel empowered so you can create your own experience and have a voice with choice. It's about going back there, resetting the safety, giving back those feelings as a basis so that the brain can say, oh, it's okay to reach out for my needs and to feel worthy. It's okay to create my own experience with a partner who shares influence and makes me feel empowered with choice. If we can do that, and it takes some deep one-on-one -on -one work, then the brain will naturally shift and suddenly miracles happen. They just, people, you don't have to do a lot of dating advice. When the brain feels worthy, you stop picking unworthy. When a brain feels mm -hmm. empowered, you stop feeling, picking disempowered. Suddenly you're just not taking, you're That's not so being true. attracted to Mr. and Ms. Wrong. Mm -hmm. You're attract and you're attracting people with more secure. There was one guy in Austin that called me up after we worked a lot on the feeling of unworthy. So he was always dating uh, women that made him unfeel worthy. And he calls me up and he says, I. He says, I don't understand what's going on. This is after about five or six sessions. He says, I've always picked the drama queens and women that had their stuff together were never attracted to me. He says, something's happened. Women have got their stuff together are being attracted to me. What's going on? This has never happened. Yeah. It's because they knew he felt worthy and they he could make them feel worthy. So they picked up, they picked up on him. They picked... I, uh, I'm hanging on to every word. 
I really am. Listen, yes. you should see my body language. Yeah, we, I'm we leaning forward. I'm just I'm completely engaged and I'm mm-hmm. I, I love everything you're saying. I I have an observation based on what you point you just make and I also have a question. So my mm-hmm. the observation is I do see a lot of people recreating patterns in their marriages or their relationships that they saw growing up in their homes mm-hmm. which is not good and no. uh and they tend to attract the same kind of male energy as their father or female energy as their mother and i which now brings me to my question that once you determine what your attachment style is which is so it's such an incredible empowering tool such a lifesaver and a life changer how do you stop yourself from being victimized by or being a victim of your parents or your upbringing how you know you can there's a i always say that there's a there's a point where you have to stop blaming your parents for your choices and i see this tool as being a really helpful thing in order to stop yourself from from being victimized by your past I don't know if that's a question exactly. or just a statement, but oh no, it is. You know, well, yeah. By the time I was, you know, time I was after my second divorce, showing up as Mr. Wrong, my mother was nowhere around. <laughs> there, you can't blame it on that, you know, uh, and nor can any of us. Uh, and the thing is, you know, all parents give only what they were given. My mother was extremely abused, um, and while I, I can't really say that I would want to go back and experience some of those things again. Uh, I get that she gave all the love she had been given, and it just wasn't much, which was really a pity that she was only given so little. Now, the real key here, why do we pick that abuse? It gets back into something that uh, I don't discuss a lot in the book, but uh, it will come out maybe in the second book, is it's about how our brain computes survival. You have a part of your brain that's a reptilian brain. And it's in, it's in charge of keeping your body on the planet. It runs breathing, attraction, sexuality. It runs your body. All those are the good things. And it's and it's 350 million years old. I call it your guardian angel with an IQ of 10. And the only thing it can do is associate. It can't do critical thinking. It can only associate conditions of, uh, with survival. And it's got one mechanism. Did I breathe through it? Did I breathe through it? So if you breathe through welcomed and worthy and cherished and empowered, it says, yes, let's have those again. The, the bug is if you breathe through unwelcomed, unworthy, uncherished, abuse, whatever it is, it goes, oh, that's a survivable state. Let's have that again. And it scans the universe <clears throat> for more uh, things that will give it that same feeling. And it, this is the safety part of feeling a feeling. So it's it's about upgrading that little reptile's brain, which is trying to keep you on the planet, uh, mm-hmm. with a different, with a new form of safety, and then it will stop fighting you. Because when you're trying to put in transformation, and you go, I want to feel welcomed, I want to feel cherished, I want to have a we, that part of the brain looks up and says, Wait a minute, I think the neighbors are up to something. Did we breathe through welcome? I don't know about that, and it fights to lock it in. So if we don't want to fight with our brain. You got to find out what safety it was seeking early on and then tie that to what we want. Okay. Yeah. I, I'm all for breaking the pattern and not being a legacy to what yes. you may have seen or known or grew up with. And I think it's possible. It takes work, 
but it's so mm-hmm. it's such necessary work in order to live a full have a full loving life and to, in order to be your best self my exactly thought, my thought here is that most of the population out there is not self-aware and is not able to get to a point where they realize this is a, a philosophy or a, an awareness that I need to have in order to attract better quality people. So for the majority of us out walking around, how do we arrive at this point where we realize there is a higher plane for us to be living on? You know, I, I, that's a good question. It really is. You know, I believe that uh, our, we, we all have a higher self. And that higher self is trying to guide us. And we're, but we get a cacophony of fears. I can still remember the first time I tried to get out of my head and into my body and into my feelings. And I thought I was going to exasperate because that old fear was locked in. But we're bigger than our fears. And if we stop being unkind to ourselves, and it was by learning to understand why did that fear exist, not judging it, not making it wrong, but realize it was only trying to keep me on the planet. Then the system relaxes a little bit. It's like putting WD-40 oil in a, in, a, in a lock that won't turn. You know, rapport is everything. Stop judging yourself. Nothing is broken. Your brain is doing exactly what it was programmed to do to keep you on the planet. All we want to do is to get of a better contract. Maybe even, you know, give it a pay raise and an office with a window, <laughs> so yeah. to speak. Okay. And the window we want to look through. Uh, well, okay, we are going to go to our last break, and we have a wow. great segment that went coming up. Fast. Yeah, it sure did. We will be right back. So, Gary, I'm going to paint a little picture for you. What would you say to the woman who might be in her 50s, maybe a little bit older, uh, divorced, been single a while, you know, any variation of single-ishness, and she wants love? And she wants companionship and she wants connection. She wants commitment, but she's got a, an anxious attachment style. Okay. So mm-hmm. with her desires, she also has equal amounts of fear, fear of rejection, intimacy. She might put up obstacles or self-sabotage or make excuses to get what she ultimately wants. And how do you speak to that? Okay. So let's speak to the uh, the obstacle part. And, you know, there's the first part is I actually want to say is, you know, we all deserve love. And a lot of this is that feeling of undeserving we get. We can get it later from later relationships, but nobody's perfect out there and in their 50s. And I think there's more and more people that recognize. So the love is available. I mean, there are people that find it like yourselves, right? Now, the, as for the obstacle part, there are, I've seen clients too that will, They'll 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 go out and they'll do things actively, or they'll or they'll choose someone uh, that sets up the same patterns and they take BS. And one of the things I say in the book is, when you are secure, you take no BS and you give no BS. That means you take no sabotage, you give no sabotage, and you have to understand what sabotage is. You know, sabotage is always a rescue attempt. You know the movies where. There's a Navy SEALs are blowing up a building, but out back they're taking somebody out. Mm-hmm. Well, usually what our system is when it's sabotaging, it's out back, it's taking out usually the little one from an earlier time or, an, or maybe ourselves, and it's trying to protect us. So the from the pattern continuing to uh, happen because we're always having an experience that we have the rights for. 
The key is to give yourself better rights. And what I've always seen in all of my clients, when uh, a woman reclaims her uh, ability to feel worthy and her right to have her needs met and a right to feel cherished and protected and empowered, she will find someone who echoes that back. And when she doesn't have those rights, she'll find someone in that won't treat her worthily and cherishing and empowering. And it doesn't matter if there's a few extra pounds here and there or whatever, she'll find someone that does. So the key here is if we're looking for someone and we haven't restored our rights, so our brain is suddenly picking based on missing rights, yeah, we'll get that same heartache again. And then we'll want to pull back or some part will want to sabotage even getting in a relationship to protect us from the repetition. But if we reset that, then the brain calms down and goes about its business of choosing and selecting someone who's going to treat us well. Like one woman I worked with, she comes in the first uh, session and says, I've, uh, in between signing up, I hit the jackpot. I go, tell me about Mr. Jackpot. And he, she says, oh, uh, he's a lawyer. And he's about 6'2 and pretty handsome guy. Well, it turns out she treated, he treated her like crap, to be honest with you. So a couple months later, when we reset this right and she feels worthy, now she's got two guys she's found online. And they, guess what? Another Mr. Jackbites. This time he's an attorney and he's over six foot, good looking, and even does Pilates. Okay? The other is a, a little overweight. He's got, he comes in the first date with an Hawaiian t-shirt, a little baldy, but he makes her feel great. Guess which one she chose? I hope the second one. The second one. Turns out the first guy, oh, he does, he does yoga just like me, but he's hitting on other women while he's doing the yoga with her. Okay. <laughs> right? No cherished there. And, she, and now, but when she finds, and we reset those feelings and she's, and now we're reclaiming a secure, she doesn't go for a Mr. Jackpot, which is really Mr. Replay, right? She really goes for a guy that makes her feel wonderful with all these four feelings. That's the key. Do the deep work. Allow your brain to be safe having the experience you want instead of the one you had. And it's and it will simply be attracted and create and maintain very, very differently. That's the benefit of working not just with skills, but with your attachment system. If you change the attachment system, all the dating skills, all the relationship skills go much easier. You can't just give people dating skills. You've got to change. And if you do the deep work and give someone secure attachment, then if for either singles or couples, the skills are just icing on the cake. That's great. Gary, do you have any tips that you can put out there for our listeners that will help them as takeaways? I think there's there's two things. One is... You are deserving. You were born deserving and you deserve. And you can train your brain to have hope, real hope, not fake hope, not disappointing hope. Uh, and to remember that, and my favorite quote of all time is, there are no unresourceful people. There are only unresourceful states. Mm -hmm. So don't, you know, don't align yourself with this state of hopelessness. You know, don't align yourself with this state of worthy. It's a state. It's not who you are. And you have a birthright to feel loved, worthy. As I say uh, on my website and everywhere else, everyone deserves a lasting love. You were born with this right. So reclaim it. That's beautiful. Um, I have a tip. To buy, mm -hmm. to buy Gary's book. 
That is a good Which tip. is safe to love again. How to release the pain of past relationships and create the love you deserve. Gary, how can people find you? Well, uh, I'm easy. Well, the book's on Amazon. And I am at GarySalyer.com. G-A-R-Y-S-A-L-Y-E-R. And on there, you can find the book if you need to. There's a link you back to Amazon. But there's something other that's really cool. I have something called Love Notes. And these are a set of emails you get twice a week. And each of them has two to four minute videos uh, they're little clips. Some of them preview the book. Some of them give skills for couples. Some of them give skills for singles. And there's also some really cool clips by John Gray, Ariel Ford, Paul Carrick Brunson, Carol Allen, a bunch of people. And it addresses all of these needs. And what's really cool uh, is a couple that were in their 50s, twice divorced. They were engaged and about ready to break up. He accidentally somehow finds my website signs up, starts listening, and then gets her to listen. It saved their engagement, and, I, and they made friends with me on Facebook, and I got to see the wedding pictures in Paris. Oh, excellent. These are very practical. So that's what I can offer. That's where you can find me. Thank you. Thank you, Gary. This has been a uh, very enlightening show. Very. And uh, can't wait to have you back on because there's lots to... There's lots we did not talk about that we. Oh, there's a part about. two here. There's, it's it's coming. <laughs> for so, sure. Gary, I would for, love to be part two. Thank you so much again, and uh, we are done being single. Yay! And uh, we hope you are too. And uh, or if you're not, it's still okay. Yeah. And uh, it's okay to be single. Thank just, you. Just done. Be done being in pain. How's that? Works too. So everybody. That have a, works. <laughs> have, have a great week, and we'll be back next week with another show. Bye, everybody. I'm Shadow Stevens with my friends, Trevor and Robbie. See you next week on Done Being Single.